and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's a big show live from the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West. Big thanks to our title sponsor, Big O Tires. Winter tires starting at only $49.95, only at Big O Tires. Uh, they have no credit needed financing available. Big O Tires, the team you trust. We're going to talk to David Locke here momentarily. David's uh, appearance on the show always brought to you by our friends at the Murdoch Auto team. I know David uh, Gordon has been doing a lot of deep dive stuff on the draft. We'll talk to him about that. I'm also eager to talk to him about uh, his thoughts on what happened with uh, the CBA and the negotiations, what uh, was worked out with the players and owners. Yeah, if I know David right, it's from what he said in the past, I think he pretty well nailed it in advance, didn't he? Uh, yeah, absolutely. In fact, let's get out to the zone phone. As I mentioned, uh, Locke's interview brought to you by the Murdoch Auto Team. He's the radio voice of the Utah Jazz. He is David Locke. What's up, David? It's snowing really hard. It's really white, and I'm guessing we don't see ground again until April. Well, that's good news for you, David. Uh, well, with this, uh, you know, December 22nd uh, start date, you might get plenty of turns in before the NBA season begins. Uh, that would be good. Um, I have a sneaking suspicion I will have more availability to get time in ski turns than I do in a regular season. I just got to figure out how to do it in all this reservation convoluted system that we have this year. Are you as good a skier now, David, as you've ever, as you've ever been, or have you slowed down a little bit? Um, I'll take the, what is it, the Fifth Amendment of the United States Constitution on that one? Um, well, as somebody never, that, that I will, Gordon... I will never concede that point, so... Um, as someone who skied with David Gordon, I can tell you this, he's really damn good. Uh, yeah, I, that's what I've always known. <laughs> he's, he's really damn good. Uh, David, why don't you get your problem, top... The only problem I have, and Jake can attest to this, I think I was on pins the day we skied, or telemark skis the day we skied together. So I do something called telemark skiing, which I've done since I was 20, so I've done it for a long, long time. I don't, I've gotten to the point now, and the, for like the three people who know what telemark skiing is, they'll understand this, and then we can move on. I have begun to get to the point where like I'm on the mountain now trying to find somebody else doing it who's my age. Yeah, though. That's interesting. There aren't there aren't many left yeah. my age that don't have their heels attached, and I'm I'm getting concerned about that fact. <laughs> well, it's it's very hard. <laughs> Telemark skiing is very hard and very physically demanding, as you know. Um, David, I want to ask you your your reaction to the the deal reached between the the players and the owners. I caught a little bit of your thoughts on Hanson Scotty the other day, and I thought uh, you broke it down really well. But uh, as you've kind of continued to read into this thing, what do you think? I really think Michelle Roberts deserves a lot of credit. It's like not something the media, for whatever reason, does kind of giving the players' union credit on this. But I, I really do think Michelle Roberts deserves an enormous amount of credit. I mean, one, she, she got the escrow to 10% and instead of some mammoth numbers so that her players are all fine. You know, that shouldn't have too big an impact. It's stretched out over three years so that it it will have as in, 
big an impact. And at the same time, you know, the, there's a rule that the owners can't claw back money from the players ever. So if for some reason, you know, it's worse than expected, the players are protected and the owners take the hit. Um, which is probably how it should be when franchisers are selling for $1.6 billion. Um, so I, I really thought Michelle Ro- – and I thought Michelle Roberts represented her players well. That Like, you know what, they don't necessarily all want to start this fast. So I thought she did a really good job. And then I think that's the beauty of Adam Silver is that, you know, deal-making does not have to be 100%, 0%. And in fact – Sometimes a deal is right for you if the other side got a great deal. And in this case, you know, I think I kind of, if I were had to like put weights on it, I would say it was like a 70, 30 players owners deal, but maybe that's what it needed to be right now. And that that's what Adam Silver needed to do. Cause the bubble, you know, he really asked a lot out of them and they went and did it and he did, and he held up his end of the bargain, but that was not an easy ask. And so maybe it was time for Adam Silver to do the right thing, which is to allow them to have a little bit. And so I think that, you know, in that sense, he got the deal done. And then there's a bunch of little aspects to it that aren't great for the Jazz. Um, I think, you know, whether we have fans in the crowd or not, or what our limited number is a bigger hit on the smaller market teams and the larger market teams, because I believe that fan revenue is a larger percentage of their bottom line than the larger market teams and then they've done some luxury tax things because the taxes didn't move, the cap and the tax didn't move and so you know and they didn't come down frankly right like i think there was a real chance that some of those things could have come down now the teams didn't want the tax to come down because then more people are paying it and it's bad for everybody so that was kind of a win for the owners too but it was also a win for the players um and but they did they lessened the luxury tax burden so golden state and new york and philadelphia and maybe houston but they've never paid the tax so i wouldn't think this will build to it um those teams suddenly aren't as burdened by the tax so that was a big win for the major market teams. So this was not a and the and the escrow thing is not good for the small market teams that will probably lose money because of it. So uh, it was not a great deal for small market teams. I didn't think it was a great deal for all the NBA teams. I thought it was a you know I thought the players probably got the better end. But the bottom line is that everyone's playing December twenty second, and that's what the league needed more than anything else. So a tip of the hat. And I have a sneaking suspicion that when Major League Baseball gets to this point, they're going to be incapable. Of this and we'll only realize how good the nba was when the nhl and the nba start to have problems the nhl and major league baseball start to have labor problems and labor problems in the midst of a pandemic kind of are as good as an almond joy in the middle of a swimming pool <laughs> that brings that Can't image that we all know yeah david uh i do it to you yeah it was a baby ruth wasn't it baby was ruth it yeah it wasn't an almond joy sorry Anyway, uh, David, I do it to you every time I ask you an impossible question to answer, but I'm going to do it again. Do you think you will see the Jazz under new ownership go into headlong into the luxury tax realm? No, because it's just such bad business and it's insanity to go headlong into luxury tax. So the fact that you use the word headlong made that an really really easy question to answer um it's 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 unless you've won a world championship and you're re-signing your players um you know 
we draft Robert Woodard out of Mississippi State, and he becomes an all-star. You know, he's the surprise pick of the draft, like Rudy. And now all of a sudden we have our third all-star, and he's unbelievable. He's not that good, by the way. I just have somehow attached my name to him for some stupid reason. Um, he really can't do anything well at all other than he's – God just went into it, his bag of tricks and gave him all of them. Um, and that's why I like him. That's the only reason. There's nothing about his basketball that I truly like that much other than that God went in and gave this six foot eight man every single one of his like bag of tricks of, of athletic skills he could give someone. Um, but so, you know, whoever, we draft somebody and he becomes a star and, you know, something happens and now all of a sudden we've won a title and you've got to re-sign Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, and then you go into the luxury tax headlong. But until that point, you don't do it. It's, it's, it's insanity. David Locke with us, 97.5 and 1280. Let me zone. be really clear. Let me be clear about something about the luxury tax. It somehow has become... The, like, bellwether machismo, machismo, like, sign of whether or not you're, like, committed to winning. And that's bullcrap. It's actually awful business. Like, and, like, if you look, it, it's just, it's just insane if you look at the deal. So, it's, and we want it that way as a small market team, because it's the only thing that people from spending. So as a small market team, we actually want the luxury tax to be so prohibitive that nobody wants to spend it. Because that's what keeps us in the game. It's not a sign. You don't get like, you know, I don't want to use a veteran's reference of like getting like little things on your sleeve because it's Veterans Day, but you understand what I'm saying. Like, it's not some great honor. It's actually insanity. David, I want to switch gears just a little bit because we have some news uh, coming out from uh, Sham Sharania. And you mentioned the Rockets earlier. Uh, there's been a little uh, in the rumor mill about James Harden maybe not being happy with the direction the, the franchise is going. Well, Sham's just uh, reported this. Rockets' Russell Westbrook wants out of Houston, sources tell The, uh, the Athletic, which kind of makes me chuckle because he's not exactly the easiest player to trade at the moment with $131 million left on his contract. But what do you think about what's going on in Houston? Um, that's interesting. Um, huh. Um, sorry, trying to digest it. So why would he want out of Houston? Because, like, what is it that would be, um, hmm. I don't know. I'm trying to figure out why would he want out of Houston. Maybe he knows I mean, James wants out. Just, he knows they're going to suck. Just, I mean, let's be clear about it. They fired Mike D'Antoni, and they fired Daryl Morey. Like, I know that it was all couched differently, but when D'Antoni takes an assistant coaching job and Daryl Morey spends 30, 72 hours with his family and then calls it good and decides to sign him, like, he didn't, like, you, right? You're with me, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So, like, I don't know what it is. So, and then the other wild card is are somehow Russ and James Harden not good together, mm-hmm. right? Chris Paul was the one who was supposedly such a jerk that Russell, that James Harden couldn't handle him, and so he moved on. Um, it's pretty out of characteristic of Russ, actually. Um, 
I'm pretty surprised by this. This is not really like this is. It, Russ is one of the guys who I actually think is like missed most, most most miscast in the league for who he is as a player, um, and as a person. Like, remember, it was always he was the one who was flashy and flamboyant. Everyone thought he wanted out of Oklahoma City. It was actually Durant that wanted out of Oklahoma City. Russell got traded out of Oklahoma City. Like he didn't. Like, you know, like they moved him. He didn't. So um, I'm surprised by this. Um, and I'm not entirely sure why. Like, I think that's unless it's just that they fired Dan Tony and fired um, Maury. The, the other one I would say, just a thought for you. Um, and I don't know this. I'm just, this is just a just a throwing it out there. I'll make some calls and try to get an answer. It felt as though Houston had James Harden particularly involved in, like, and that they were communicating with an awful lot during the hiring process of who their head coach was going to be. And it's always great to involve your players and give them a say and, you know, make them feel a part of it. But it doesn't. What happens if you don't take their advice? Which you shouldn't, by the way. You should actually make your own decision. Then they're very upset. So I don't know if that might have been what happened. Like, for all we know, they involved James Harden and Russell Westbrook in the coaching search for Steven Stiles, who's a really good dude, so I'd be surprised by this. But they could have involved them in this coaching search and then just not taken their choice. David, like I, uh, I, always, I always say you better be, asked, be careful whose opinion you – ask for because you might not want to follow it i'll ask you this question david because i've heard you talk about it in the past but for our listeners i want them to hear Wait a second. i'm interrupting i'm interrupting you for a second okay would you take russell westbrook i mean off the top of my head he's making a lot so let's say we can do it without trading donovan or rudy I don't know that we can. I think it'd have to be like Boyan and Joe um, are our only big numbers that we could put together there. Probably Boyan, Joe, and Ed Davis, just kind of playing numbers and not suggesting. But um, would you take Russell Westbrook? How, I, how I understand would he, the irony of Utah and everything like that with Russell Westbrook. Yeah, I'm just asking yeah. as a player. How would, he fit how, how would he fit? I know what you're going to say, Jake, but let me ask David how he would fit into Quinn's no, no. system. No, no, don't put it on me. I put it on you. No, <laughs> All right, Jake. I know I'll, Jake I'll answer it. I'm not scared of answering. Absolutely not. I mean, every second the ball's in Russell Westbrook's hands, which is the only way he can be effective, is a second that it's not in Donovan Mitchell's hands, and then you have to pay the worst contract in the league for, your, for the pleasure. That's absolutely not. Never. Untouchable as far as I'm concerned. Gordon? I am not as definitive as Jake is on that because I think Quinn could find a way to really use a talent like that. Even though he's not a great shooter. In my offensive metric system, um, which is called points gained, which takes the average number of um, takes the possessions a player uses, compares it to the league average um, at that position, or excuse me, not at that position, just league average possessions. Russell had the largest individual possessions used by Russell. He had the biggest negative impact of any player in the NBA on their team last year. 
<laughs> That's great. Is that because he was a bad fit, or is that because he's just such efficiency is so bad, mm. and he's such a non? I don't think you could actually play Russell and Rudy together, right? Because they couldn't play Russell and, and Clint Capella together. Capella That's why together, you traded you him. Two non shooter, yeah. two non shooters yeah. on the floor. Yeah, I got you. Um, now I will say this: if I was being really honest. If I had a thought on last year's Jazz team, I thought it could have had a little more play hard or play tough. I hate play tough. Play hard. No one plays harder than Russ. Yep. And the only people that play as hard as Russ are Russ's teammates. Like Russell makes, more so than maybe any player in the NBA, makes his teammates play hard because of how hard he plays. So could Quinn shape that, David, in a more positive, more efficient manner? I don't think so, actually. I don't either. I don't. I think you know. I thought Billy Donovan suddenly ran really good stuff in Oklahoma City after Russ left, and I thought that was telling. <laughs> let, let <laughs> that me, is let very me, telling, David, <laughs> David. What the question I was going to ask you has to do with Harden. I've heard you talk about him in the past. Now I can't think of a player in the NBA that really elicits. Uh, more uh, response, I guess, than James Harden. What do you make of him and these uh, this talk of him moving somewhere else? Uh, how valuable is he? Jake Scott, you want James Harden? Uh, well, now that's a, a little bit different because James You hate is, James Harden, I know, Jake. but he's, he, well, I hate watching him play uh, because I, I find it obnoxious. But, I mean, there's no doubt that he's effective. I know your opinion on David. You think – or on James, David, because you think he might be the most offensively gifted player ever. And if that indeed is true, then that uh, that is worth a different look. But it, it, the, the fact still remains that you have to turn your team over to him if you trade for him. And I don't know how well that works hand-in-hand hand with the development of Donovan Mitchell. Yes, on James Harden. See, there you go. Certainly would consider it more. <laughs> oh my than God, Russell we'd Westbrook. be so good. We'd be so good. Jake, yes, on James Harden. No, well, it depends no. on what you'd have to give up to, but yeah, I got you. I, if I, I don't have to move. If I don't have to move Rudy or Donovan, and I could get James Harden. I'm in. Like I, I mean, in like really in. What are, What are his efficiency numbers like, David? As you applied it to the Russell NBA, Westbrook? basically. I'll go look it up. I don't know if he was this last year. I'll, let me give me give me one second. I have my spreadsheet up. Um, but I mean, he's an offensive genius, and this is the one. To your question, uh, Gordon, the one that Quinn would uh, best in the NBA last year, number one offensive player in all the wow. NBA. P- points gained last year, three point three. Now he used a ton of scoring opportunities. He used twenty seven scoring opportunities a game, but three point three. So best best in the NBA. Um, on average, I mean, oh my gosh, we'd be so great. Like, and could you imagine what he and Rudy would do on the pick and roll? Oh my gosh, it would be insane. And you split them. Oh, yes. Any yes. Put together any contract on our roster. Yes. See, I think it's important for our listeners to hear that from you, David, because many of them sort of lean toward the negative. And I don't know if that's because he's a, he's a rival or what, but a lot of people don't seem to be all that in favor of him. Um, I want to apologize to Russell Westbrook. He got hot at the end of the year. And if I'm Kobe White was worse, Darius Garland was worse, <laughs> Torian Prince was worse. Dylan Brooks was worth. Jarrett Culver was worse. Of players who actually played games, um, and Alfred Keaton 
And R.J. Barrett was actually the most negatively impactful player against this team last year. So, Russell Westbrook, I, I think my numbers, I think my memory might have been off eighteen nineteen, um, making that comment. If you give me a quick second, we will check that on my offensive metric. But yes, James Harden is the number one player in the NBA offensively. I mean, it, you can't like, I can't. I don't think I can really explain to you how great he is. So let me try for a second. So if you take the, you know, you have 80 scoring opportunities or so a game, and he's plus 3.3, there are only were only four players in all of the NBA that were over three, and there are only 10 players every year that are over two. Okay, so to try to like equal what Harden's doing for you, like for some uh, for your opponent to match Harden's 3.3 is almost impossible. So you have such a dramatic edge in those 27 possessions that he or scoring opportunities that he's using every night. And then you couple it with, you know, the fifth best, most positive, impactful offensive player in the, um, for his team and the possessions he used last year? Rudy Gobert. Hmm. Not There's not too, another uh, team that would have anywhere near two players in the top ten. I love efficiency. I, I just love it, man. I... Uh, not to not to pour water on this conversation as we're letting you go, uh, David, but Shams now just reported uh, Houston's James Harden remains committed to the Rockets and is, quote, locked in, unquote, for the season. So All right. there you um, go. I want you to push your listeners, by the way. This would never happen. But never mind. It's not good to talk about trades of players oh. that play for us that are going places. But. And like, we got to go a tra- anyway. There's a Russell Westbrook trade that actually works with salary – that, um, according to Trade Machine, increases the Jazz wins by five. We'll never argue with the Trade Machine. Uh, David, thank you very much. We look forward to your now, conversation with I just you. saw Shams' tweet, and I think he misquoted Russell Westbrook. I mean, I think he misquoted James Harden. Because he's not locked in, he's locked on. Ah, branding. Nice. Very nice. Uh, thank you, David. <laughs> Have a good one. See you. All right, that's our friend David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz. We are live at the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West here in Salt Lake. Tom jumping on with us once again. I don't like Anthony Davis or LeBron James because they play for the Lakers, but if you give me either one of them, I'll take them. Yep. Well, Gordon loves the Lakers, so he'd you know he'd like to. I don't love doesn't. the Lakers. I don't. I don't like the Lakers. Gordon's my friend. You can't be my friend if you love the Lakers. <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm not a Laker lover. That's uh, nope. not what we've heard, but uh, <laughs> uh, it, it, trading for Russell Westbrook, I don't think would be a good deal. Let's talk about what would be a good deal, shall we? How about that transition? I think that a good deal would be. Uh, queen adjustable bed with the bluetooth module that's normally 17.99 with a gel hybrid mattress that's normally 12.99 and instead of paying three thousand dollars for it you can buy it at the warehouse for 899 dollars wow and if you are a veteran for the next five days we're going to deliver it and set it up for free we've never done that and i will probably never do it again but because in honor of my dad, we're going to do it today. Love it. That's special. If you want a king, instead of a $4,800 package, I'm going to do it for 1500 bucks. And if you want a split king, instead of a $6,600 package, I went, just went and looked them up during the two uh, breaks that we did. $6,600, we are going to do it for 1999 Incredible. 
your choice. Um, if you've never experienced an adjustable bed, you need to come and see us. It takes about five minutes to get a proper demonstration, and it will blow you away. I'll show you the what they call zero gravity, where the blood can drain from your extremities to your core by gravity, which lets your heart rest. I'll show you the inversion effect. It will blow you away, and then I'll show you how we can stretch your spine to make it feel better. All at you, the best prices in the country here at the warehouse. Unbelievable. Boom. 1825 South, 300 West. Don't forget about Uncle Clayton down there in Orem as well, 86 East University Parkway. I haven't seen Uncle Clayton in a while. How's he doing? You hanging in there? He's still a cowboy in his mind. That's our guy. 86 <laughs> East University Parkway down there in Orem, 1825 South, 300 West here in Salt Lake. It's the warehouse. Drop the day next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. If you missed yesterday's uh, sounds uh, uh, of various uh, clips, then you won't know exactly what we're talking about right now. But that is definitely appointment radio, isn't it? Whiskey River, take my mind. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Live from the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West. Price is so low to blow your mind. It's time for Sounds Various Clips, also known as Drop of the Day. And, Gordon, uh, I think everybody's been feeling the loss of Alex Trebek a little bit. Uh, yeah. You know, such a, such a main uh, cultural icon and mainstay and just kind of somebody I think everybody has generally positive feelings about. Uh, Austin has put together, and we've we've played this before, obviously, but we're going to do a couple of uh, Alex Trebek-related bits, uh, starting with his and your rap battle. So now you just want to rap, right? I can't rap. I love it when you call me Big Papa. All right, all right, all right. Oh, my God. <laughs> all right, you ready? Started from the bottom, now we're here. Started from the bottom, now the whole team here. Laying down some rhymes just in time. Bruh, can you spare a dime? Da, what the ba, the ba, the ba. Buy a chopper and have a doctor on speed dial, I guess. Mad city. Don't get nothing wrong. We have great jobs. Better than Tom's, Steve's, and Bob's. So many near Bob's. Billy Bob, corn on the cob, blah, 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 blah. Six foot, seven foot, eight foot bunch. Young money militia, and I am the commissioner. You don't want to start wheezy, because the F is for finisher. Son, son, there's nowhere to run. Ain't no fun. The streets are what they are. I mean, they mean, and lean. Oh, unclean. Panda, 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 panda. Drive a car, hardy, har, har. Drive your Chevy to the levee. They mad they ain't famous. They mad they still nameless. But we still hood famous. Yeah, we still hood famous. I love it when you call me Big Papa. Sounds like a lot of fun, doesn't it? Interesting. I, I on, uh, on that battle, uh, if I were to be the judge, uh, Trebek by Lance. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, who's going to argue against Alex Trebek for crying who, out loud? Who can rap the word panda seven times in a row and still sound amazing, Alex Trebek? <laughs> panda, panda, panda. <laughs> Across the board, victory for the Jeopardy Plus, he host. didn't rip off anyone like Gordon ripped off, uh, what's that guy, Don McClain? No, just one sentence, but that was the humor. And, and Kid Rock. What did I say, the Kid Rock? The bah, with the bah. Oh, yeah. Well, that was, you know. And you said blah, blah, blah in there. (laughs) That's not. (laughs) That doesn't count. Can't just throw in blah, 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 yada, yada. (laughs) Winner Trebek. Amen. 
Yeah, there you go. Uh, even I got to throw in with Alex. Yep. All right, uh, we'll get to more coming up right around the corner. Um, it is the big show. On the way out, though, we're going to play. Uh, Jeopardy did a, a tribute to Alex Trebek before. I think it was yesterday's episode, or maybe it was Monday's. Um, and it was quite t- touching. So we thought we'd play that going to break. We'll get to more sports coming up next. Live from the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West. It's the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. An emotional tribute overnight from Alex Trebek's Jeopardy family. This is an enormous loss for our staff and crew, for his family, and for his millions of fans. He loved this show and everything it stood for. In fact, he taped his final episodes less than two weeks ago. The Jeopardy! executive producer holding back tears. We will air his final 35 episodes as they were shot. That's what he wanted. On behalf of everyone here at Jeopardy, thank you for everything, Alex. Trebek had been fighting stage four pancreatic cancer the past 18 months. He kept working until 10 days before his passing. You need this show to get back into production? I don't know if I need it, but it sure as hell would be nice to get back to work. According to Richards, Trebek spent the day before he passed away on a swing he had recently rebuilt in his backyard, looking at the horizon with his wife, Jean, just like he wanted. I'll be perfectly content if that's how my story ends. Sitting on the swing with the woman I love, my soulmate, and our two wonderful children nearby. Richard says Trebek was coherent, not in pain, in his final days spending time with and thinking of the people he loved most, family and fans. Put into terms what these fans mean to you, fans of the show. They are the most important elements in my life outside of my family and friends because they have expressed their feelings about me in so many positive ways that I can't help but be touched by what they have to say. The new champion, 20400 for Bert Packer. Any family members uh, back home uh, cheering you on? You know, here's a true story, man. Uh, I grew up, I learned English because of you. And so my grandfather, who, who raised me, I'm going to get tears right now. He, we used, I used to sit on his lap and watch you every day. So it's a pretty special moment for me, man. Thank you very much. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 12.80, The Zone. The Masters gets started coming up tomorrow, and we're doing our contest uh, with You Win a Golf. This is always a lot of fun, the Masters giveaway. Be Caller 12 right now, 855-340-ZONE, 855-340-ZONE. If you're the 12th caller, we'll assign you a golfer. If that golfer wins, you're going to get a putter, the brand of putter the winner plays. You're going to get it for free, courtesy of our friends at You Win to Golf. Uh, serving Utah golf since 1971. So be caller 12 right now, and we'll give you a golfer. We have the top 25 golfers on the money line in the field and that, or, uh, it, it, that we're assigning, and then the field. So if anyone in the field wins, that particular listener uh, will win. All right. Sounds good to me. We know you think DeChambeau is going to win. I don't know that for a fact, but I sure am curious to see 
these 370-yard drives we're hearing about. Well, you have been watching him thus far in the season, right? Yeah, but I'm talking about at Augusta. Yeah. Why, because it's such a short course? No, just because it's Augusta, man. You just don't see people do that. Well, we we don't really see people do what he's doing. We've never really seen it at Augusta or elsewhere. What do you mean you don't? You just Wait, don't I mean, see that so at Augusta. I'm, talking, I'm t- talking about as it pertains to Augusta because that's what makes the Masters what it is. Jake, he's a good boy, but he don't listen. Okay, I just we've seen him play though. That's I know. <laughs> never mind. We've seen him hit those drives. Never before. mind. Never mind. We haven't seen him hit drives like this at Augusta National, Jake. And I guess that's what I'm asking you. Why is that relevant? Is it because Augusta is such a short course or is it because he's, he somehow gives him more of an advantage than it normally would? I'm, tr- because, I'm asking. Because it's Augusta National. That's what makes it interesting to see somebody take a golf course apart like that at Augusta National. Makes it different. I'll right. explain everything to you. If, if you say so. Uh, no, not really, because I've watched Bryson DeChambeau play golf before. So have I. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. That's what I was trying hey, to get hey, you to clarify. Austin, hand me a purse, will you? <laughs> I, was trying to, uh, I was just trying to put it together. Okay. There's Augusta. All right. That makes perfect sense, Gordon. Of course it does. It did the first time. No, it doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> makes perfect sense. It's one thing to watch a player take apart a golf course at the John Deere Invitational, all right? It's different when you see him do it at Augusta National. Why? Is it thing. a it's harder a feel? Is it a harder course? It's a storied course. It's a legendary course. Yeah, but we're talking about his skill set on this course. Like, it, it would be different than wherever it is they play the John Deere Classic. <laughs> what? Why are you so frustrated? By the way, the John Deere Classic is played at TPC Deer Run. So well, is now that, it is. It is hasn't that, always been played there. How about, how about the Shamrock Meets Open? Where was that played? But uh, I, I guess I'm saying, like, why would it be different to watch him take apart this course than that course? That's what I'm asking you. Is that Because is that, it's is Augusta that, National. That's why. Because it's in Georgia? <laughs> Austin. Austin Help knows me. what I'm saying. Austin's also Help watched no, Austin's also care. watched he, Bryson DeChambeau a, play golf before. He, he's, not, he's not a golf fan. We've, we've seen it. <laughs> Jake, do I have to explain everything to you? No, because you're not explaining it well. So, and we don't need to. We don't need to keep going down that road if you don't okay. want to. But right. I, I mean, I, I don't think you're. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't. I, I don't know what you're getting at. I'll, there. I'll say it this way: real golfers out there get exactly what I'm saying. It's pronounced right. golf. <laughs> I'm going to slam my head in the door. Why? It's it's spelled G-O-L-F, golf. You're incorrigible. <laughs> that that could possibly uh, <laughs> that could possibly be true. Uh, all right, we are here at the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West. Uh, great time to uh, great time to come down and uh, say hello to us, uh, Gordon. You heard um, me mention what uh, Tiger had for the Champions Dinner. 
What did. would you? Uh, the Augusta Roll Sushi for an appetizer, prime mm-hmm. steak and chicken fajitas uh, for a main course, and then a dessert trio, classic flan churros uh, with chocolate sauce and sopapillas. What What would you pick? Give us your your quick your quick go through. Uh, I probably would go casual. I I, I think I'd go burgers. Oh, that's so that? lame. Really? You can have anything along like a <laughs> burger. You, what? You want some shishi meal, you know, Let some me... fancy meal. You want, the, uh, you know, some sort of uh, real expensive stuff. See, I'm a, I'm a man of the people. I, I, I want to please the people. Oh, it's, what's it's really like... good is that cube cheddar yeah. cheese. Uh, you're you're not a man of the. This is a champions dinner, Gordon. Uh, by definition, it's a select of very few rich guys. What do you mean of the people? <laughs> and and by the way, I'm, I'm looking up. for a little creativity, not ex not expense. I love I'm, cheese. Uh, I'm looking for something besides burgers. Like All I kind of right, like gonna... how Tiger went with the 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 Mexican flair with the fajitas. I think that's pretty cool. Doesn't have to be expensive, but you picked like the most boring, <laughs> most boring meal ever. <laughs> I love burgers, all right? I, I tell you about the, well, okay, what do you want? Beef Wellington? What do you, I mean, what is it you're looking for here? I could go, uh, how, how about like, uh, how about, uh, you know, how about a cheeseburger pie? <laughs> that would be more creative than just the cheeseburger. Cheeseburger pie? <laughs> like what they, what they, what you make in Boy Scouts on your camp out? Is that? <laughs> a Dutch oven? Or is that something else? No. Oh, man. Boy, you know, Boy Scout dinners are good. I could go yeah, for a but Boy Scout dinner. They're not they're not the the, the, the quality of the Masters Champion dinner. I'm not going to have mac and cheese and hot dogs cut up in it. <laughs> Cheeseburger pie. Good too. Speaking of which, how was your uh, how was your chicken uh, your fried chicken last night, Jake? Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah, it's fried chicken, man. That's always that's What do you always put? Do you dinner. dip it? What do you do? Dip fried chicken? Yeah. No, you just go just go right to town, man. Do you get the What, what would crispy? you dip it in? Well, you dip it in barbecue sauce, uh, mayonnaise, uh, mustard, some kind of sauce. <laughs> See, I think Honey a, good, mustard. a good breading on the fried chicken, you know, it's, it's kind of like you don't put steak sauce on a filet. You know, if you've got the right fried chicken, I don't know if you well, need Well, aren't chicken nuggets technically sauce. fried chicken? Yeah, but that's exactly what I'm saying. I mean, we're not, you know, you, you go, yeah, go somewhere, actually, you can get some really good fried chicken. <laughs> Jake, you know what I might go with? I might go with a really tender cut. Of uh, filet mignon, with uh, with maybe a special kind of mashed potatoes—not your typical kind of mashed potatoes, but just toasted to a beautiful, beautiful degree—and maybe some salad, some sort of salad on the side. That sounds that sounds pretty good to and me. And you wanted to be a chef? Why? What's the matter with that? It's 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 food I like. That's I mean, a better who- answer than a hamburger. <laughs> True. All right, I'll tell you what. What what would you go with first? Tell me. I like where your mind's at. I would go with the filet, but Oscar style. Ooh. With uh, Ooh. with crab meat and uh, isn't it hollandaise sauce that's yes. on top of there? Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I'd go. I'd go that direction. What about a good halibut au gratin? <laughs> I don't know if I'd go fish, but I, I see where yeah. I see where your mind's at. I might. Tom, I, you know, I might go. I might go with a crown roast of pork with mushroom dressing. Ooh. You know, something along those Some top lines. ramen on the side. See, there you go. There you go, Gordon. That, that's what we needed. I was asking for a little, cri- a little critical thinking. Not oh, about this discussion I mean, last night. Did you, what, did, what would you go with, Tom? Pasta, pork, tenderloin? <laughs> Mine would be one of three things. 
uh, beautiful, perfectly, obviously cooked ribeye with a lobster tail. Ooh, yeah. Surf and turf. Yeah, or osobuco. Okay. If I don't even know what that is, oh but yeah, good times. Jeez, Tom Curl elegant. If you have Could, never had osobuco, you need to have it, Jake. Okay. All right. Could we and go, I, hey, Tom, Tom, could we go with like a slow-simmered burgundy beef stew? Ooh. Gordon has uh, found a website. With, good lunch, but with, uh, <laughs> if we're talking the best. Clayton, what was yours last night? Mine Clayton? depends on the meal. I mean, you can't compare dinner. breakfast with dinner. Dinner. Osobuku, is this what I'm looking at? Yeah. Okay. My, I know, my, I know one. I know one that uh, that Clayton would like: brown sugar pineapple ham. Oh, Clayton's a little favorite bit of a, food is ham. A little bit of a Hawaiian flavor to it. Dang, Monson, you got me. This looks good, by the way. Also, Buku. It's the best. Yeah, it looks tasty. Pork I, shake. I love, I love a good steak with some broccoli or some kind of green on the side and mashed potatoes. That's for me. That's all. That's yeah. big. Crab time. legs or lobster. Every time salad. I'm in South America, I'm like, man, I miss a good good Sunday steak with mashed potatoes. Sounds good to me. Now we're all hungry. We should let, let's switch the topic of lobster tail or crab legs. Well, hey, what hey, kind of crab? Hey, hey, king. Hey, you if you would have said blue crab, I might have gone with that. I do like Clayton, king crab too. Clayton, 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 tell, tell me, tell why, me. Why, tell me, why are mashed potatoes so freaking good? I don't know. I and you love know what? it. Our country does it differently than than every other country I've been to. Well, maybe in England. England. Yeah. But I haven't spent any time there, so I don't know. But there's something about the way we do mashed potatoes. Yeah, I love it. His mom and grandma made the Oh, best my gravy. gosh. There's, I don't know if it's the butter they put in or a little dash of milk. I don't know. Don't beat me. It's the Idaho potatoes that we eat. Jake, you're <laughs> buying you dinner tonight. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting hungry. Let's talk furniture because this is making me hungry. We have not talked about the sectional that you're sitting on. Ooh, I love it. We have one black and one gray. Uh, this Left. is a That's it. $3,900 sectional at the big boys down the street. We're doing uh, the gray at $1,999 and the black at $1,999. It's incredible. Power recliner on both ends, power in the middle. You're sitting on the power there, or manual yeah. there, Jake. Uh-huh. It's really a beautiful set. And what he's not telling you is on the side where it's pa- uh, power, the adjustable, has a USB phone charger plug. In. Ah, convenience. For this world, phones yep. charging is a necessity. That's a fantasy football thing right there. Right there uh, yeah. mm-hmm. What's fantasy football? Well, we, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I know I run my phone down every Sunday. Well, last break, football. we were talking fantasy trades. I don't care what it is. Let's just get a championship next year. Here, here. Sign me up. All in favor. And then this, don't forget, the Veterans Deal Adjustable Bed Queen. It's a $2,900 package. We're going to do it for $899. If you are a veteran or active military service, we'll deliver it and set it up for free. Our competitors are $175 to $250 for an adjustable bed setup. We're going to do it for free if you're a veteran. If you want the king, it's a $6,600 package. I'm going to do it for $1,500. This is one of the best bases in the industry. It's got the Bluetooth module. You can use your phone. Hey, Siri, raise up my feet. Raise up my heads the whole package fifteen hundred dollars wow unheard of if you need financing i've got the hundred days same as cash if your credit's a little bit beat up i'll get you approved and if your credit's good i can do through Citibank one year no interest how about that boom now is the time 1825 south 300 west it's the warehouse don't forget 86 east university parkway if you're down in orem more big show next 97.5 and 1280 the zone
Wrapping up a big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Huge thanks to Tom and the crew down here at the warehouse. They're always great. 1825 South, 300 West. Great deals. If you're uh, looking for furniture, this is the place. Uh, you can uh, don't pay, you know, double, sometimes triple at the other places. 1825 South, 300 West, the warehouse plus 86 East University Parkway in Orem. Gordon, you going to be uh, sitting down to the Real Housewives of Salt Lake tonight? <laughs> I hadn't really thought of doing that. No, but I know you've brought it to my attention, so maybe I should. Oh, I'm DVRing but, uh, it. The wife and I have already made plans. It's we're we're locked in for the whole season. Uh, I, I what if it's not good? What do we get locked in for the whole season? It's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. I love why, uh, why? just because it's uh, located here and so the housewives are yeah. Salt Lake City. Uh huh. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be what, an interesting what take on our culture. <laughs> okay. What if you don't like What if it's not entertaining to you? You're going to stay with it? Gordon, this is trashy TV. It's going to be entertaining. <laughs> okay. All right. So I've never seen an episode of any other location. I haven't so either. Are, are I don't they, know. I mean, are they, are, there, are they arguing? Are they, is it? Caddy, is it uh, is it uh, is it productive from a standpoint of it's people not getting along? No, I mean it's not. It's, <laughs> there's not going to be a productive thing about this whole show. It's it's all about the 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 drama, and the I guess the cattiness, if that's the word you want to use. Of course, I can't oh. wait to watch it. I've never seen Real Housewives of anything, but I'm 100 percent dialed into this show, just because of the local slant. Absolutely. I mean, it turned right. out to be a really great show, but it's the reason that, like, uh, I watched Big Love when it first uh, appeared. I was like, wow, interesting. HBO is going to have a take on, on Utah and polygamy. It, it, incredible. It was a good show. All right. I think your expectations are a little high, but that's just me. What do you mean a little high? I'm not a, I'm not expecting a, an Oscar-worthy performance. I'm, I'm expecting to see some purse fights. Uh, and uh, some uh, rich people overdoing it, and uh, wine thrown in each other's faces. Yeah, exactly. I'm I'm looking forward to all of that. Backstabbing, cheating, <laughs> we're gonna, we're bringing all on. This is what you're looking forward to. Yes, mascara yes, smearing down tear stained oh, faces. Come on, see, I'm, because I'm, I'm a human that, that can, and I enjoy that, watching no, these things. I'm not a gonna, robot. That's not gonna. That's gonna get old quick. Trust me, it's not. It's okay. not much different than this show. I know. There's there's a reason millions of Americans tune into this type of television every single night. Remember that time you and I got in that purse fight? That was that was nasty. Oh, I can't wait. I hope somebody segment her. gets caught with a purse right upside the head in, in episode one. <laughs> and then they'll go head over heels? I don't know. I, I can't wait to see it, though. I'll have a review yeah. for you tomorrow, Gordon, because I'm watching it. Heels? Heels? Get it? All right, we'll see. I, wait, I don't wait, know heels I'm... like villain? No, head over heels like high heels. That's what it means, isn't it? That is what it means. Heels. <laughs> it's not head over hills. Yeah, it's not like a hill. I know it sounds like that uh, no. around here in Utah sometimes. It's not a hill. It's a heel. <laughs> okay. I just don't think it's going to be as good as you're expecting it to be from an entertainment standpoint. Uh, informational, not at all. No, uh, no. And, and Gordon, it's not going to be good. You don't watch that television because you think it's going to be good. Yes, you do. No, you Petticoat don't. Petticoat Junction, now that was good. Time Tunnel, that was good. Yeah, with, uh, what, the, the Real Housewives of Hooterville? <laughs> yeah, how, how could... That's, uh, what they, uh, that's what they should have called it. 
How could an insignificant town like Hooterville, Utah, possibly get a reality television show? How that that wasn't, that wasn't my take on it. That was, the, that was the take of the folks down there. Jake. It was not. It was your take. You yes, wrote it. It was. It was you yeah, said I Hollywood comes to Hooterville. Yes, you called us Hooterville. There's <laughs> no, no nobody no, said that. Jack no, Nicholson didn't because, say that because I was writing it from their perspective, Jake. How would you know what wow. their perspective was, is? Because come on, I know. All right, I lived that because that's the, the exactly that's the way you view it. You just said it. That's no, exactly it's not the way it. I that is it. exactly I was, it. I was around those folks, and I know how they think. Ugh. Well, to the good folks of Hooterville, I love you, and uh, Gordon. We know what Gordon thinks, but we'll I talk to you, you tomorrow. More. Gordon, have a have a good night, buddy. <laughs> Don't play it, Austin. Don't the Big Show, ninety-seven five and twelve eighty, the Zone. 